Eat Nation. Listen up because I need to tell you about Squad QL. Do you want an unfair advantage to be able to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download Squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and your rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each and every week based on your starters, your bench players, your free agent pool. And if you want to know how Squad QL does that, what they do is connect directly with Yahoo, ESPN, CBS leagues, and they pull in your actual roster, your league scoring system, and they do it from there. Squad QL provides waiver and trade recommendations. Nobody's doing that. Plus, the app gives you player rankings each and every week, and it's based on your real league's settings. Squad QL is truly your go-to fantasy football app this season. So head on over to squadql.com, download SquadQL, which is your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the same creators that brought you RotoQL, the daily leading fantasy lineup optimizer that's trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free, both on Apple and Android. That's SquadQL and RotoQL to get yourself an unfair advantage. Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow. The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy. Football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Eat Sleep Fantasy. All right, everyone, welcome back. We've been missing you for another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast, also known as once again as the lost episode nope let's not call it also known as the hurricanes nope we're doing that from last season um whatever of fantasy football podcast my name is christian joining me on the other side from the esf and dynasty pod mr steven spacratelli i hope i said that right how you doing man yeah you did say that right i'm good man i'm just uh working my way through the rubble here that the New York Jets left behind, beating the hell out of my Detroit Lions. I shouldn't say mine. I mean, I'm only guilty by association, but. I'm feeling okay. I did uh, I did pretty good in daily. I did all right in some of my leagues. My league of record, I did lose. I lost uh, because I played Saints defense, and I had Saints defense in a lot of leagues, uh, including in a lot of uh, daily, so that did hurt a little bit. But overall, pretty good week one, and football is fucking back, so I can't complain. I'm happy about that. Uh, If you've been missing our show, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention why. Last week, uh, we lost, yet again, another episode due to a corrupt file episode, right? That's step one. And two, Armando and Dale are probably going to be leveled by a hurricane. So right now, they are currently preparing for that. Um, So we apologize that this has been a little bit late. Um, We are fortunate enough that we have guys like Steven that are ready to go and willing and probably have much more fantasy knowledge than Dale and Armando anyways. (laughs) 
Yeah, man, I'm glad to be on here. You know, it's all, it's always fun to get on the show with you guys, you know, as well as having you on the, the DFS and Dynasty side too. So this is always a fun opportunity. Absolutely. So today, what we kind of want to do a little bit is we're, we're going to break it up into two sections. We want to recap a little bit. We're going to look back at week one. We're going to look at the studs. We're going to look at the duds, right? I, you know, I, I know that that phrase studs and duds is used and overused, but I like it, right? Because kind of describes me, the stud, and then if Dale was here, I would say the dud. But or the milk I'm not dud. Call you. Could he be the milk? Oh. Could he be the milk dud of fantasy football? Dude, dude, if I'm the big poodle, that's the milk dud of fantasy football right there. <laughs> that's a good like one, that? man. Hashtag milk dud. All right, so. We're going to talk about that. And then Clayton, one of our amazing writers who does a lot of our show prep, um, who we we don't mention enough on the show, um, has actually put out an article that hopefully you caught, which is our waiver wire watch. Hopefully you catch this in time for your waiver wire, or hopefully some of these guys are available as free agents for you to pick up. Again, we're sorry that these episodes haven't come out, but there's been some extenuating circumstances with lost episodes, with the hurricane preparation. Uh, all jokes aside... I go through that a lot in Florida. I went through it last year. It is miserable having to know that something is coming that may or may not just completely ruin your life for you know weeks. Um, so I you know I hope that everything is going to be okay, especially for Armando who lives pretty close to the coast. So I hope everything is going to be okay and nobody is affected uh, by that so much. Um, but in all seriousness, man, football. Let's start week one. Quarterback studs, what you got? So, I mean, the obvious stud was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, I mean, who really... What? <laughs> Dude. The obvious one. I mean, look what he look what he this... put up, right, statistically. It, it was... Yeah, man. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. I mean, he had, he had good games last year, and, you know, I was expecting uh, a decent game out of uh, Mike Evans because he's had greater success with uh, Fitzpatrick than he has with Winston, but... To see that game go into that kind of a shootout was just nuts, in my opinion. Yeah, man. I, If you told me that you saw this coming from Ryan Fitzpatrick, you are a damn liar. Oh, yeah. All right? Yeah, no. Fitzmagic uh, was wonderful, man. Uh, in division play, which is usually tough, looked good. I would be worried if I was Jameis Winston uh, in terms of my job. But what are you doing with Fitzpatrick? Is he an ad? Is he a guy that you could potentially use for the next couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I would say so. You know, d- just it depends on matchups. Um, he's definitely worth an ad, especially if you're a Winston owner and you don't have him already. But, you know, and it's another thing to keep an eye on because, again, he played well in the absence of Winston last year. Look what he did in week one. If he continues to put up decent numbers... It's hard to say when Winston comes back because they've already said that, you know, he's not fully guaranteed his job when he comes back. So we'll see. Another quarterback stud here, Phillip Rivers, 424 passing yards, three touchdowns, the one sole pick. Uh, he's been good, man. 35 passing attempts per game last year, attempted 51 in week one. Sometimes he's a little bit up and down. We've seen that year in, year out, and then he ends the season as a top 12 quarterback. Is this the year that maybe he's a little bit better than that? Uh, given health, it's possible because that's the one thing that 
always eludes uh, the Chargers and Phillip Rivers is just it's health. Their offensive line, their wide receivers, they just cannot stay healthy. And I love Phillip Rivers. I take him late in a lot of drafts. I have zero problem with him being my guy because the one thing that the Chargers always fall into is they play from behind a lot. So if they're down two touchdowns and you're starting the second half, you, you're going to get real happy because Phillip Rivers is throwing the ball a lot. And a lot of times he ends up throwing 40, 50 times a game. Yeah, on the other side of this, you can't have a stud and not mention the duds. I, I want to start with uh, with the more surprising dud for me. We'll get to the, the first guy on our list in just a second. I want to start with the second guy here. Deshaun Watson, 176 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. What happened? Is this just you're playing at Gillette Stadium at the Patriots? Or is this a little bit of something to be concerned about? You know, I, I've, he seemed really lost, and that's what was confusing me the most because he's a guy between his collegiate career and, you know, that little bit of time that we saw last year that he plays well under pressure. He always has. And, coming, yeah, he was on the road, played against the Patriots, and he played well against the Patriots last year. But coming into that situation, I, I thought he would have been able to just take that in and play, probably look a little rusty, but, man – that, that's a little more than rusty. And, and again, I just felt like the entire game, he just looked lost. Right. Um, you know, no Fuller, Gillette Stadium. And I don't know, man. I still feel okay. If I'm if you see somebody that's disheartened by Watson after one week, I still feel like he's going to finish the year as a top five. He's, his upside is incredible. I, I like him still. Um, you know, maybe... You take it back a little bit with, okay, you know, you got to worry in an extremely tough matchup or something. But I think Deshaun Watson is going to be just fine. I think he'll be fine, Big ben too. On the- I think he'll be fine, too. But I think a lot of what just the hype that was built up for him is probably what is going to deter people a little bit. But I agree. I think he'll gotcha. be okay in the end. Big Ben on the road is going to do what Big Ben on the road does, which is throw picks. Yep. Um, he he's the ultimate like if you drafted early on best ball type of quarterback where if he's at home you're probably starting and if he's on the road you're probably not going to um some very wide home road splits for this guy is that just going to be the case again this year it's very possible he stayed pretty consistent with that his entire career just like philip rivers has too you know and they both i don't know what it is about going on the road and to a point breezes like that too a little bit but you know, now Steelers are going to be at home this week. I mean, I'm locking in Antonio Brown and DFS lineups. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk a little bit then. Let's move on to running backs, actually. I'm really upset that we lost our lost episode because some of the guys that I talked up all episode, I talked up Joe Mixon and James Conner as top eight plays. I, topped, I talked up Alvin Kamara as a top two running back. And, of course... All three of those guys go off in an episode that nobody heard. <laughs> well, you heard it here so, after the fact. Yeah, I heard it here. Wait, no. I just want to throw that out there. Also, uh, Stephen, just for the purpose of saying it here, I said it on Periscope. I said it in the Lost episode, but I said it a ton in our group chat. Who did I say I was going to play this weekend and I loved a lot? Honestly, I don't remember. Come on, man. My boy from my team. From your team? Kenny Stills. From my team. 
There we go. All right. I just need to give... I, Dale, if you're editing this episode, right there is where you put the suck in my own dick drop. So let's just put it right there. Now I just suck on my dick. Suck on my own dick, man. Hey. I suck on my own dick. Man, I've been high on stills too. You and I, I think we're the only ones in that whole group chat that have been high on them. I mean, I just look at the fact that what what he did in New Orleans his chemistry that he had with Tannehill when Tannehill was on the field, Jarvis Landry is gone. Nobody solidified that slot position. Nobody's really solidified anything in the slot around the outside except for Kenny Stills. So, I mean, all those vacant targets, good percentage of them, in my opinion, were going to Stills. Yep, absolutely. So you mix in, look, he's a deep ball guy, but you mix in a deep ball guy who's also going to start running some routes in the slot. It just makes him that much more valuable. But let's talk about let's talk about running backs for a second, okay? Because you know about running the studs backs? here, Alvin Kamara, right? We know Ingram's going to be out four weeks. They gave him a ton of passing work. It seemed like they just wanted to throw the ball. I don't know if this is just a product of the game flow. They were behind a lot, uh, which is fucking shocking to me. They were behind a lot. Three total touchdowns for Alvin Kamara, 112 receiving yards. Is this what we can expect all year? Is this just an outlier? Is this what we're going to expect for the first four weeks? What do you think? Well, the first thing that came to my mind is, would this have happened if Mark Ingram was there? But then I look at last year, right? Now, I also look at the fact that there is really no clear-cut wide receiver, two on this team. I mean, Michael Thomas is obviously the man, and he proved that week one as well. But Kamara, with what he provides, what he could do, how elusive he is with the ball, especially in the open field, I would not be surprised if you see similar types of production uh, throughout most of the year. He'll have some down games, I'm sure, but... So let's talk about that a little bit, because he, he rarely had any down games last year. Um I want to talk about this from the perspective of both the Kamara owner. Um, how good can he be? Can he be RB1 at the end of the season? Uh, man, in any format? Possibly. In any in any format. Possibly. Yep. Okay. I mean... I, I think the potential for touchdowns and just the, the fact that you can have that much volume as a receiver plus... Some of the volume as a running back, he's basically their second wide receiver and their second running yeah. back is how I look exactly. at it. So even if his running rushing touches are limited, he's still going to finish with 17, 18 touches by the end of the week. So the potential is there, and that offense is so high-powered, he's going to score so many touchdowns. Now I want to look at it from the other end, man, because we got to look forward. Not just not just going to talk about the studs, but let's talk a little bit in depth. You're the Mark Ingram owner. What what do you feel now about his outlook once he gets back from his four-game suspension? Um a little concerned. Asking for a friend. A little concerned. I think I think okay. Ingram will be fine. I think you'll see similar to what you did last year, but I think Kamara's going to be the unquestioned outlier in this entire situation here just because if you look at the type of volume that he got right there and you know, I've I've talked about it all off season. I don't expect his volume to change at all, but 
this guy's just going to be very productive. I look at guys like David Johnson. I look at guys like Le'Veon Bell. You know, they're run RB1 uh, wide receiver two on their teams. Kamara, I don't know if he can handle the type of workload out of the backfield that a guy like David Johnson can handle or Lev Bell could handle. But, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's definitely an RB2 on his team and realistically in the fantasy world, but then you add all this receiving production that he's going to get. I don't see that going anywhere because there is no clear-cut wide receiver two on that team outside of Alvin Kamara. So I think that production alone is only going to increase his numbers more. And he's going to be on the field. He's a guy that could play on the goal line. And that's something that could be concerning from Ing- for Ingram owners when he comes back. All right. I, I kind of view it a little bit differently. I think um, the the offense is so likely to score. And they showed me one thing on Sunday. They need balance, right? We're, we're used to the Saints being this high-powered passing offense and never really being that great of a team because, you know, they're on the field so little, the defense is getting run up on. I think they need balance, right? We saw maybe it shifted a little bit too much last year, too much of a running game for what the Saints are used to. I I think they'll find that middle point with Ingram. I I don't know if he'll be as much of a stud uh, as we saw last year, but I I feel pretty optimistic for the people that drafted him that you're going to get a solid guy when he comes back after four weeks. Another guy who was solid, and man, not only did he get the work, but it seems like he's going to get even more work in the coming weeks from what we've heard from head coach, is Joe Mixon. 95 rushing yards, a touchdown, another five catches for 54 yards. He looked good, man. What do you think about Mixon? I love Mixon. I've been very high on him, and I've talked about him a lot in our Dynasty episodes. It's just the fact that Last year as a rookie, he didn't even touch the field as a starter until week nine, and he had to learn two different systems last year when they changed the offensive coordinator. So, And when he played under Bill Lazor, he he did a lot better, especially I think it was like the last four games of the year is when you really started seeing Joe Mixon comfortable in that backfield. And with who they have on that depth chart, he was the unquestioned number one. Geo is going to be Geo. That's not going to change anything. And just the fact that, you know, they don't have the strongest passing game in the world, but I think a guy like Mixon can help that situation out because now with AJ Green, you see a little spark from John Ross. You know, Eifert's back as long as Eifert's healthy, that's good. But, you know, that's a team that, even though the quarterback plays not the strongest, you have to respect all levels of that of that offense. And Joe Mixon could really do some damage, I think, this year. I, I mean, that's this guy's an RB1 in my mind all day long in any format. Okay. RB1. Okay. Strong words. Um, I think it's possible. I think he could finish. I think he's going to finish right on the cusp of that. You know, there's going to be plenty of work. Side. Yeah. Now, he has the opportunity. And, man, I, I've said this once and I'll say this again. That offense will not be as constipated and will not be as bad as it was last year. Okay, that offense has traditionally been a top half, never great, but top half of the league offense. And it looked horrendous last year at times. I think they've figured some of those things out and we'll see a much better year for guys like Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, and especially Joe Mixon. So let's talk a little bit about the duds at running back, starting with a guy that it pains me to say 
but you're, maybe you're going to get a lot of weeks like this and a lot of great weeks, but a lot of weeks like this, Kareem Hunt, 49 rushing yards, and that's it. Yeah, and, you know, it really kind of surprises me in a way, uh, maybe just because San Diego – or not, I keep saying San Diego. Maybe because the Chargers from Los Angeles <laughs> kept the game close enough uh, to where they didn't just really want to utilize Hunt and try and grind the game out. Because the other thing, too, trying to do that – they're, you know, Kansas City's defense is not as strong as it used to be. They're, they're in my opinion, bottom half of the league all day long. So it is painful to see this. It kind of reminded me of, you know, those middle six weeks in the year last year where they got away from him uh, from what he did in the first portion of the year to, you know, jumping back on track in the last part of the year. So, I mean, I won't be surprised if stuff like this continues. But, however... If Mahomes still looks good, Tyreek Hill looks amazing. Um, Travis Kelsey's obviously there. Sammy Watkins is the highest paid decoy in the world. Um, you know, this it could open a lot of things up uh, for Kareem Hunt as well. So it's something to watch. It's something that, yeah, you could see this, or you're going to see a lot of good weeks out of them. It's really hard to say at this point. It just seemed like they came out with a game plan. They came out with it was going to be the Tyreek Hill show and they didn't give a crap about anything else because Watkins was a dud, Hunt was a dud, Kelsey was a dud, and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes lit it up. So that I think this is going to be a very good offense, but I think it's going to be very dependent on game plan more so than anything else. What do they have scripted for what's going to come in that day. And some of those days, maybe it's Kareem Hunt day, but I think it's going to be a up and down season, very similar to what we saw last well, year. I think, Another guy, I think defensive coordinators are going to really realize that um, Tyreek Hill is going to win a lot of foot races and Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball a mile. So they'll figure out that they need to take that away and make them play underneath. Yeah. And that's where you're going to see I mean, the Kelsey's and the Hunts come up and produce. Absolutely. I, I, I There's going to be better days ahead for Kareem Hunt, better days ahead for Travis Kelsey, and screw you, Sammy Watkins. Um, <clears throat> so if I had a list of players that I hate, uh, Sammy yeah, Watkins. Yeah, he's up there for that. me too. Uh, just traditionally, right? So we all know Frank Gore has been on that list for years, but Sammy Watkins too, man. Like, <laughs> just oh, stop man. it. Um. Jamal Williams, man, another dud. People were really hoping, right? There's no Aaron Jones. You're playing, you know, the Bears. Khalil Mack's been there for like three days. <laughs> and he's disrupting the whole Packers offense. Williams was disappointing, I think, is the word that I'm looking for. Um, and then next week, they're playing the Vikings. Sorry. So those are the two weeks that Aaron Jones is suspended. Um <sighs> What are you doing with Jamal Williams, man? I, I don't know. Like, I'm throwing my hands up because I feel like he's going to suck these first two weeks. Maybe the Vikings is a lot of matchup, but maybe it is just Williams not being all that great. And is Aaron Jones going to take this job when he comes back? Um, I don't think it's. I don't think he's going to just outright take the job. You know, if, if there was any real concern, we probably would have saw more Ty Montgomery. But Williams is a better back than him, uh, in my opinion. But when Jones, when Jones comes back, it, it's going to be – 
I, I think it's going to be a game flow and timeshare because ultimately Jamal Williams is the better pass blocker. And now you're looking at uh, Aaron Rodgers playing with a hurt knee, you know, so it, it's going to depend on game script flow, all that stuff. I, I don't see either one of them just outright taking this job. And I've been fading that backfield all off season. And I, I don't know, even after seeing that Williams didn't do enough to get somewhat of a stranglehold on that. And he's going to have an even tougher matchup, like you said, against Minnesota this week. Unfortunately, um, this is just, it's going to be this while the Kareem hunt own situation going back a little bit might be frustrating. I think at the end of the year, the end of the year numbers will be productive, right? The Kareem hunt is like, for me this year is like the Brandon cooks of running backs. You're going to have your boom weeks. You're going to have your, your bust weeks. It's not going to be consistent because the Kansas city offense uh, while very good, has a lot of pieces to it. You have your Hills and your Kelsey's and your Watkins along with Kareem Hunt. And then you have a guy in Mahomes that's just going to fucking take it in for the score himself rushing sometimes. And that might be frustrating as a Kareem Hunt owner. But with Jamal Williams, I just think, I don't think he's as talented. And I think it's going to be just frustrating all year. I just don't think it's going to be, it's going to be fun for you especially not when Aaron Jones comes back. That that workload just going to be split, in my opinion. So um, moving on with the Kansas City offense, the wide receiver studs of week one, Tyreek Hill. Seven receptions, 169 yards. A couple of those were beauties. Punt return back for a touchdown. Uh, two touchdowns receiving. Patrick Mahomes seemed to love some Tyreek Hill. Is this something that we can expect You know, Hill to be a wide receiver one all year long? I, I it wouldn't surprise me, and the other thing too is he wasn't just beating them deep downfield; he was beating them all over the place. And there, there's no question. I mean, you look at the punt return, you look at the special teams touchdowns that he got last year as well. I mean, Tyree Kill, you get that ball in his hand, and he's got a little bit of field to work with. <laughs> he gets to that outside, he's gone. He finds a seam in the Stop middle. Stop kicking he's gone. the ball to him. Stop kicking the ball to Tyree Kill. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. So I just, yeah. And I mean, the fact that he got seven receptions for 169 yards and that was off of eight targets too. So, um, he's Mahomes is going to look for him. You know, I, I, it'll be hard to see or hard to say if this offense is really going to run through, uh, the tight end, like it normally did with Alex Smith and, uh, and Travis Kelsey, you know, with Nagy gone over in Chicago too, you know, that's how his offense ran. So you might be seeing something different develop uh, through this year and could see some huge numbers out of Tyreek Hill all season long. Man, there, there used to be this uh, this big this big joke. It started back in the days of UM, and I can't remember what rule number one was, but it was two rules of football. And I think rule number one was something, something having to do with God, like pray to God or something, whatever. Uh, but rule number two was you don't kick to Devin Hester. <laughs> If you remember the yeah, days of Devin yeah. Hester. All right. So you don't kick the ball to Devin Hester. It seems like we've the new guy that you and much more talented as a wide receiver, but seemingly almost as good in the in the return mm-hmm. game. Don't kick the ball to Tyreek Hill. Just stop doing it. It just, just doesn't make sense. Hey, your special teams coordinator be, should be fired and your punter should be released. Just kick it just kick it out of bounds or something if you're punting. <laughs> what the hell, man? All right. Michael Thomas, again, another stud for the Saints. Um, 
because, I mean, so many points were put up in this game, 88 points between the two teams, 16 receptions on 17 targets, 180 yards and a touchdown. Um, that's a lot of targets, man. What? Like, <laughs> I know he's the number one, but that's not ever been Drew Brees's, uh prerogative is to give one guy 17 targets what what was this about drew Brees will spread the ball around but drew Brees will get it to the guys that are open and michael thomas is a great polished route runner with great hands he's a big physical guy he can take advantage of just about anybody in any situation of the game whether it's you know in the red zone you know, they're third and short, third and long, whatever it is. He knows how to position himself. He knows how to get himself open. And yeah, he's hands down. I mean, regardless of what play they run, I would say he's at least the second person that checks down. So he's going to be available all year. I won't be surprised if he averages 10 targets a game all season long. I will not be surprised if that happens. I mean, he's off to a great start. I, I like Michael Thomas. The potential, obviously, has been there for a couple of years now, and he's been a, a wide receiver one in terms of a top 12 guy. But uh, I think you're looking at a guy who could take even yet another step forward in an offense, um, especially especially these four weeks without Mark Ingram, where it just seems like they're going to be pass happy. They don't give a shit about who's running the ball there. You know, they, they weren't planning on giving Kamara a ton of touches in terms of the running game anyways, and they didn't bring anybody else in. Mike Gillisley? Mike who? Like, seriously. That's Austin's um, boy. So... <laughs> Go Gators. Um, anyways, <laughs> I had to do it for Dale. He's not here. I fucking hate when he does it, but it's obligatory. Uh... Wide receiver duds, man. This one, This one kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Chris Hogan, one reception, 11 yards. What the hell happened? I have no idea. That That's, I mean, the two guys that I pegged in this game, this game just blew my mind in general. I, I was expecting this to be a shootout, to be honest with you. And I expected Chris Hogan and Gronk to kind of light up the world. And, man, Gronk did, Gronk did well. I mean, he scored. Chris Hogan, though. Just the fact that he only got five targets, too. I mean, for love of God, Philip Dorsett, Cordarrelle Patterson, whole lot of nobody. There's Chris Hogan and Rob Gronkowski. So I figured both of them would have probably eight to ten targets. But the fact that he saw five and only caught that one is just mind-boggling to me. All right. Um. <clears throat> The is it four games or three games? Man, For I should Edelman? know this off the top of my head. Yeah, four, four games that Edelman suspended. People were all in on Chris Hogan. Oh, yeah. Now I liked Hogan as a guy while Edelman's out. I don't love him when Edelman comes back because I think that's Edelman's job is the slot. Um, this makes me not feel good even about the four games. No, it makes me. F- at one point, the first nine passes in the game, Tom Brady completed, were to eight different receivers. That is fucking dumb in terms of fantasy football and hoping you're you're going to be able to get production out of your guy. 
Uh, later on this season, man, the Patriots you're going to want to own are going to be four guys. You ready for the list? Bring it on. You want the list? Bring it on. You want the list? Sure. Gronk. He'll be the best Patriots guy that you can own. Two, Sonny Michelle. Man, you're really high on him. You love that really guy. Really high on Sonny Michelle once he finally gets into this <laughs> workload. Julian Edelman and Tom Brady. That's it. I can't trust anybody else. Hogan will not be trusted by me again this season. Yeah, I can see that. I can see your point. I mean, he had the ultimate opportunity. You will have and the, the other thing these too, next three weeks. The other thing too, when Edelman comes back, Chris Hogan will go back to just that deep ball guy. You know, that's yep. why they got rid of Brandon Cooks. In my opinion, that's why he's gone from there. So, yeah, there will be good weeks. There will be good weeks. But I can't trust it enough. I just can't. By the way, Sonny Michelle, when he comes, when he's fully healthy, I, th- I, he's ready to go. By the way, they didn't let him play because they want this guy to be their workhorse. This is go- this is going to be the first year the Patriots with Tom Brady actually have a real workhorse. Just wait and see, man. Plus, no Jeremy Hill. He's now the red zone, the red, the goal line guy by default. Because who else is going to be the goal line guy? Gronk. Well, maybe I'm hoping so, man, because I picked him up late in the draft, hoping that I'll get him yeah. in the second half of the season. Uh, back to uh, more struggles for Jamison Crowder. Only four targets um, in a game that Andy Reid looked. Uh, wow, Andy Reid. <laughs> you know that guy. He plays oh quarterback. God. Yeah, man. He plays. He plays great quarterback. <laughs> Uh yes, the great Alex Smith. Have you heard Alex Smith, man? Have you heard all the? Uh, have you ever heard the Dan Lebitard show? Uh, once in a while. Have you ever heard all the uh, Andy Reid looks like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've heard so, some of those. Andy yeah. Reid looks like the prototypical guy that says he looks at the box of donuts, shakes his finger, and says. Don't mind if I do, as he grabs one and walks away. <laughs> Just looks like that. I know because I am that guy. Anyways, three catches, 32 yards. In a day that Alex Smith, not Andy Reid, I apologize for mixing up these names. Since they're very, very different people. <laughs> Alex Smith looked good, and the offense in general looked pretty good. So, what are you doing with Jamison Crowder? Because... Uh, well, for some of the running backs and quarterbacks, I was like, temper your expectation for duds. Uh, I'm not feeling great about these wide receiver duds, Chris Hogan or Jamison Crowder, for the rest of the year. Well, here's what I'm looking at. As you look at the two guys that benefited the most from the, this whole situation on Sunday, are two guys that coming off of... Sur- made of glass? Yeah, exactly. Surgeries, injuries. So... You know, the defenses may not have been paying too much attention to them. You know, I I did see a lot of attention going towards Crowder because of the chemistry that him and Smith showed all offseason and in preseason and all that. And Crowder can get good separation. And, and that those are the receivers that um, Alex Smith is going to throw to. So now you might see a shift in uh, attention as long as these guys stay healthy and they're on the field. But... If they end up getting hurt, I don't think that's going to benefit Crowder because there's nobody else. So if there's other options on this team that are healthy, that could be out there, that could run alongside of them, I think you're going to see some progression as these weeks go on. 
Okay. It's possible. I, I just don't have that great of a feeling. Um, as much as I do about tight end stud of the week one, Rob Gronkowski, do we need to say anything else about him? Um, Gronk. Gronk smash. Moving on. Okay. Let's move. Yeah. <laughs> Will Disley. Okay. Somebody was going to catch passes for the Seattle Seahawks out of that tight end position. Maybe Nick Vanette was supposed to be the guy. Vanette. I don't know how to say that last name. I'm not good at it. But it ended up being Will Disley, especially with Doug Baldwin being hurt. And we'll see how long it takes Baldwin to get back. But that's not something that's going to be ready for next week. So Will Disley. He did. Is he an ad? He did some dissing. He did, he dissed the hell out of Denver, but I would I would look at him. I would add him. I wish his name was Dilly. Dilly, then we Dilly. can call him Willie Dilly. I don't know. I like diss though. You got to will diss. Will diss you. Willie Disley. But I mean, no. no if work. you look at <laughs> if you look at Vanette though, I was actually really thrown back by this because Vanette was involved in the passing game. He was targeted in the red zone during the preseason. Preseason's preseason, but. You know, even in the dress rehearsal, he was involved. And he's the better pass blocker of the two. So he's going to stay on the field, in my opinion. But Will Disley, yeah, I mean, never saw this coming at all. I just, I would just definitely, because, you know, especially with Baldwin, because I actually just read on Twitter that he's going to be missing multiple weeks from what they're saying. Yep. So that's, listen, man, he's going to be out. Uh, The typical, um, protocol for that's two to four weeks i'd say it's probably going to be the higher end end of that yeah i'd say he's going to be out like four weeks or so and that and it's something to monitor because it could linger well the other thing too i know brandon marshall looked good but man he's 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 still up there and that was a significant injury for him last year too so i don't know we'll see but there's really no there's really nobody else there tyler lockett maybe uh, yeah but he was just he was a bum himself that first week. Uh, I mean, at, after that, you're lining up running backs and wide receivers. Yes. <laughs> like, Jerron Brown, do? man. You can run Jerron Brown out there. No. <laughs> no, it, it is bad, though. I mean, the, the ball does have to go somewhere. It, it really does. I mean, Russell Wilson can only do so much. So, yeah, it, he's worth an ad just because of the the opportunity that's there. Procise, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's made out of glass too. I was very high on him coming out of Notre Dame, man. But okay, you got to pick somebody. Okay, your options here. You've got th- these are your options. Okay, you got Brandon Marshall, Will Disley, Tyler Lockett, Jerron Brown, C.J. Procise. I mean, I guess you could say David Moore. It's like their fifth wide receiver. Who else? I mean, I guess I'm I'm probably gonna go with Brandon Marshall as the option here, like as a guy to get and get for pretty much free. He's probably going to be available on free agency. I mean, him and him and Disley are the only ones that I would be looking at right now. But you have to look at somebody. Somebody's exactly. going to get featured over these next four weeks. They lost They lost between Paul Richardson and Jimmy Graham. They lost 177 targets. That's a, Unless you think it's going to be the Chris Carson, Rashad Penny show. I don't even think it's going to be the Rashad think, Penny show at all. I think it's going to be the Russell Wilson show, but he's got to throw to somebody. 
No, I agree. <clears throat> All right. Uh, that pretty much does it for. Oh no, duds for tight end. Duh. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. <laughs> this one's painful, man, because I have him <laughs> in my league record, and like I feel like I had such good weeks from from so many guys. And then I rolled out Saints defense and Travis Kelsey, who just destroyed me. Saints defense and Travis Kelsey. Um, one catch, six yards. Just the Hill show. We talked about a little bit. Better days ahead for Kelsey, but maybe some frustrating ones as well. It's a tight end. Like, he's still going to be a top three tight end, right? right? Okay. Trey Burton, one catch, 15 yards. Are you worried about him at all? No, not at all. And actually... He'll still be fine? Yeah, I think he'll be fine. And actually, I... For I was down on um, Trubisky, but I liked some of the things that I saw to him, and I think he's going to grow, and Burton's going to be a part of that. Okay, I agree. He'll be fine. <sighs> so that does it for studs and duds. Let's go rapid fire, waiver wire watch. Okay, after one week, so waiver wire watch for week two. This comes straight from Clayton Cadeau. I feel like I hope I'm saying that right. Actually, I've heard uh, one of, of our I've writers heard him say "cadu" or "cadu" or Cadu. something like French Canadian, French Canadian. Um, so take take his opinions with a grain of salt. <laughs> They're actually pretty good. Um, quarterback pickups. He actually put uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick here as a waiver wire watch. Let's jump in. I, I want to go straight to the running backs because we already talked a little bit about Fitzpatrick. T.J. Yeldon. Okay. We don't know how long Fournette's going to be out. And even if it's minor, it, Yeldon might get a lot of work. He, he got some. He got a significant amount of work even in playing half a game. So, uh, TJ Yeldon a good ad? Yes. Tom Coughlin once said, when asked, how often would you like Blake Bortles to throw the ball? He said, ideally, the least amount as possible. We'd rather run and play defense. Okay. Either way, at the end of the day, man, uh, this is uh, a running back with a hamstring injury. You never really know how long that might actually last. So, anyways, let's move on. Philip Lindsay seemed like he's going to be splitting some time in the Denver Broncos backfield. No, no, uh, no Booker really in this in this backfield. It seems like it's going to be a a healthy split between Freeman and Lindsay, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Booker, I think, is officially done. Uh, Lindsay runs just as hard. He is a, he is a good receiver as well, um, and he has 4.39 speed, so that kind of helps out. The biggest thing I think that Royce Freeman holds is that he may be the better goal line option, but he's definitely the better pass blocker, so... That's going to be the biggest divider between those two, and I think both of those guys uh, will produce this year. But I want to see it play out a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely worth an ad, a speculative ad, and it's going to be uh, kind of a hot hand, and you just got to see who's going to be the guy. <clears throat> um, now, first few ads I'm all on board with. Um, Darren Sproles... Clayton has listed as an ad. I'm kind of not on board with this one. I'm very big on it's going to be the Jay Ajayi show this year. So 
Maybe play a little bit of devil's advocate for me. Why might Darren Sproles be an ad? Sproles look good. Um, from coming back from a significant injury where he's at in his career, I think this is going to be the last that you see of him. Uh, Jay Ajay did, did not look like a featured back to me. Yeah, he averaged over four yards of carry and he had two touchdowns, but you could tell he, 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 I don't even know if it's the proper terminology, but he's just like laboring as he runs. I mean, his lower body has problems. And at a young age for him, I think they're going to want to limit his workload to right around what he had, if not maybe a little bit more. Uh, Corey Clement, or Clement, I've heard it pronounced so many different ways, he did not look like the guy that we saw in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl last year. So, if Darren Sproles is on the field, I think it's going to be more Sproles, a Jai kind of lightning thunder type thing. Um, I, I think he's worth an ad. I really do. He looked good and he played a significant amount of snaps. Okay. PPR um, is the only format that I might consider adding him. Wide receiver, Geronimo Allison. Uh, eight targets. Eight targets in a Green Bay Packers offense is a lot. And he took it for 69 <laughs> yards. That's a sex number. Um, and a touchdown. <clears throat> so, uh, Geronimo Allison, moving forward, what you doing with him? I would add him. The, the, the one that cemented it for me, Aaron Rodgers, he has to trust his wide receivers. That touchdown that he threw to him, you know, he came out. He stared down that safety, pushed him to the left side of the field, just turned and threw it to the corner of the end zone. You know, and it was one-on-one. The corner was with him. And he came down with that pass, and he, he made a couple key catches, too, on some drives. So that's just going to grow chemistry and trust there if he keeps doing that. So I would definitely add him now before it's too late because there is no clear number two wide receiver, even though Randall Cobb had a really good day. But I think that can go back and forth. Okay. All right. I, I like me some John Allison moving forward, but I am a little concerned as to who is really going to be that, that second guy here. Um, and I think it it still could very well be Randall Cobb, like you mentioned. So um, maybe they end up with three guys that don't all really look great by the end well, of the year. But Cobb could dominate in the slot if Allison yeah. is a legitimate outside guy opposite Adams. And I hate Cobb. And I mean, do you think the offense is good enough to support three highly productive wide receivers? Um, and Aaron Rodgers that throw the ball a lot. But uh, problem is he's great, but he really doesn't, you know, get to those uh, attempt numbers as some of the other guys in the league. I think you're going to be looking at legitimate low end wide receiver one, low end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver three. I think he can. I think okay. he can support that. Doable. Um, let's talk a little bit about Dante Pettis. Uh, I'm sure that. Uh, John is somewhere screaming that he's not the one talking about Dante Pettis here on the show. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looked all right. It might have been a frustrating game if you're a San Francisco 49er uh, fan. But they were playing, my opinion, one of the best defenses in the league in in the Minnesota Vikings. Um, And he looked okay. And Pettis had five targets, two passes, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Is he a guy that maybe we can trust? even so early on? Uh, I would stash him, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, it, it's, you know, Goodwin's hurt. 
he'll be back. He'll be fine. Um, he's going to need somebody that doesn't drop the ball. That's, that's the biggest thing that I saw out of that game is there were a lot of drops. You know, and some of that I can't even put on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. But the little bit that we saw with Pettis, I mean, I like the fact that I saw him get up a couple times and jam Xavier Rhodes and get good separation. You know, he did that one time, just jammed him, got a separation, got there. Jimmy Garoppolo threw it over his head for an incomplete. Actually, I think that one might have been an interception. But, you know, I, I think the guy has the tools to make it and I think it's something that you'll see more probably towards like middle of the season so I would stash him now a guy that maybe you could you could use not necessarily stash but use for the next three weeks Philip Dorsett we talked a little bit about uh the poor performance for Chris uh, Chris Hogan seven targets all caught for Dorsett 66 yards and a touchdown is he maybe the guy that emerges over the next three weeks? Or is this just the Patriots? I mean, the Patriots going to be the Patriots. Is that what it is? That's kind of what I'm looking at. But, I mean, seven targets of seven targets. And, man, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't get too excited about it. He's not a guy that I'm going to want to add and play every week. And he's not a guy that I'm going to want to add and stash because Edelman will be back. So, I just I, – I don't know. I'm not too excited about uh, Dorset, okay. but I could see if people want to add him. All right. Um, and then last but not least, I'll talk about here. Eric Ebron, is he worth an ad for, uh, um, five targets, four passes for 51 yards and a touchdown, uh, for Eric Ebron. Can he be a touchdown maker for the Colts? Pains me to say this, but from what I saw and the way that Jack Doyle just put that ball on the turf at the end of the game, you might want to add him, and he could be a touchdown guy, even though I can't stand Eric Ebron. Some quick names I'm just going to uh, name quickly. Jonu Smith for the Tennessee Titans, Quincy Nunwa for the New York Jets, Chris Godwin for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are some other options that Clayton has mentioned here in his article. If you want to check out some more of Clayton's work, you can do so at eatsleepfantasy.com. It's the first article on there. Waiver watch for week two. We've also got articles like yours up there, Stephen, um, and from all our writers on there. So go ahead and please check those out. Also, get your DFS lineups on our website five dollar lineups for one week fifty dollars for the whole year right that's correct which is absurd all the way through the super bowl yep. that's i mean nobody else is doing that we're probably <laughs> and i looked at the roi the return on investment that was posted by austin in one of our private chats i looked at some of the lineups and you guys did pretty well for week one man I'm liking it. I I used uh, I only entered one lineup, a tournament, and uh, listen, I wanted I wanted to do something, and uh, you know I made a little bit of money on it, so I'm pretty happy so far, um, and I'm definitely going to open that up more in week two with some of these FanDuel and DraftKings lineups. So I'm excited for that. Uh, make sure to check out our subscriptions to Eat Nation, the big blue but big orange button. I'm looking at a blue FanDuel button. The big orange button on our main page is our subscription to Eat Nation, which has various packages there. Um, anything you want to mention, Stephen, before we sign off? 
Uh, not really, man. Just you know, as you thanks, it, man. Bring it as strong as you are as you all as you already <laughs> said. Just go on there and check it out. You know, uh, we have a lot of articles out. Clayton was um, on point with all these ads, and I myself, I already have some DFS lineups uh, set up for you guys for week two. Uh, they're not published yet for those that have subscribed, but they will be going up tomorrow night, most likely. So be on the lookout for that. If you want to hear Steven bring more fire, I've mentioned this several times. Make sure you download the DFS and Dynasty pod presented by ESF. Just go to your iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and type in DFS. It's probably going to be the first thing that shows up there is the DFS and Dynasty with Steven, John, uh, Austin, and some of us are sometimes on that show as well. But they're killing it over there. They're giving you both the daily and the dynasty, which is a great way to look at it short and long term uh, for a lot of your league. So, all right, man. Thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, Might replace Dale. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed uh, it. If you guys, no, for real, all kidding aside, if you're in North Carolina, and please stay safe. And I know that's going to be in, in all the East Coast, basically, uh, Southern East Coast. Stay safe throughout this time. And, um, you know, just if you're going to evacuate, don't go to Alabama. The worst. Alabama's the worst. Well. I don't care if I alienate a whole state. It's safe. Nobody from Alabama listens to this anyways. They don't have the technology. No, we're outside of college football, so they wouldn't even listen yeah. if they did have the technology nobody, anyways. Nobody cares. <laughs> I'm going to listen. Here's my, my I have a project for the next show. I'm going to look at what percentage of our audience listens from Alabama. Guarantee it's it's less than 1%. Guaranteed. Uh probably be anybody that's driving through Alabama listening to the podcast <laughs> and it just pings it right there. <laughs> It's probably a fucking dead zone. Like you're driving through, like you you have to have pre-downloaded the episode to be able to hear it. Because if you're streaming, it's just gonna nothing. Yeah, but that's gonna be your one percent in Alabama. Worst. That place is the worst. <laughs> well, on that note, so everybody stay safe during this hurricane here. <laughs> And uh, good luck in your week, too. But we'll be back. Check us out. Um, it might be a little bit more of me and Steven, me and John, me and Austin, me and some of the writers this week uh, as uh, Dale and Armando prepare for um, Mother Nature, basically. So have a good guy, good one, guys. And we'll be back hopefully tomorrow. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow. The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be. Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Woo! Eat, sleep, fantasy.